The Secret to Solving the Obesity Puzzle. This is Carrie, and I love puzzles. Anybody that knows me knows that I like putting a puzzle together. And I am really good at putting the obesity treatment puzzle together. I want to bring you my knowledge, share with you, dissect each topic, and explain why it's so important for you to understand that each topic plays a very important role with the management of obesity and the treatment for obesity. Let's keep learning and building our masterpiece towards health and wellness. Hello, puzzle solvers. Welcome back. I'm so happy you're here and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please remember to hit follow. That way you get notifications of each episode that are published. And if you have any questions at this time or any time about the things that I'm talking about, if you want advice or personal consultation, please feel free to get a hold of me at Carrie at RemoteMedicalWellness.com, all one word. That is spelled C-A-R-R-I-E at R-E-M-O-T-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot com. Let's get started with our next episode, Healthcare in Homer, The Alaska Life. Wherever I go, people ask, what's it like living, first of all, in Homer? And then what's it like working in Homer? What's healthcare like there? Living in Alaska definitely has got its challenges, and especially working here. I want to share with you some of the rural healthcare challenges that I face and other healthcare providers face every day and what our population is like here. First, I want to discuss what rural healthcare is like in general across the United States. Then get into some specific statistics for Alaska. Then further getting into statistics and what healthcare is like where I live in Homer, Alaska. A little bit about me and my family. We moved from Phoenix, Arizona to Alaska in 2008. So we've been here about 15 years. We rented a log cabin for the first two years and then decided that we really did like it here and we were gonna purchase a home. We ended up purchasing just the shell of a home. Therefore, we built our own house. It took about 10 years and now it's about 90% complete and we are off the grid, meaning we're out of the city limits. There are no building guidelines or restrictions that we had to follow, but we did it by the book. Now we have a very nice home and it's a very big house. It's 4,500 plus square feet, which is, I know, absurd. We have running water. We have a well. We have a very large outdoor space and garden area. We run our heat off of wood heat. We have a wood stove and we have in-floor heat. But living here in Alaska and out where we live, a lot of people literally live off of the grid. They have solar power, they have wood heat, they do not have running water, they use outhouses, and they live like that and are very happy. 
I will talk more about living in Homer and the complexities of healthcare here. But first, I want to get into the national statistics of rural healthcare. There is a website called Rural Health Information Hub, and they document that from a survey from 1993 through the National Academies report, that rural healthcare serves a quarter of our nation. That means that a quarter of our population is living in a rural healthcare setting. So not only Alaska, but you think about through the United States in rural area, areas such as Georgia or Texas or Wyoming, they each have their own specific challenges. So some of the challenges living in a rural setting all have in common that healthcare services are fewer and farther between, traveling longer distances, taking longer time to get somewhere, access to healthcare, having to take time off work because you have to travel so far, transportation issues, having to have dependable transportation, having lack of public transportation is an issue, and 12% of Americans who live in rural areas do not have health care coverage. The one good thing that came out of COVID was telemedicine access. There used to be restrictions for telemedicine until COVID happened, and then the government released those restrictions and allowed open access for all people to be able to access telemedicine and providers to be able to support telemedicine because of COVID. A provider or healthcare center would need to have special licensing and permission to provide telemedicine. It is billed at a different rate as well. Now that we're two years post-pandemic of COVID, there is talk about restricting telemedicine once again, especially through the DEA, meaning any controlled substance that is prescribed via telemedicine used to not have as many restrictions, but now that we're two years post-COVID, they are talking about placing those restrictions once again, specifically related to controlled substances. Telemedicine in a rural area, although it's great if you can access it, but some people have limited cell service coverage or access to a smartphone. Several people that I work with do not actually have a smartphone and really don't have internet at their house. So telemedicine is limiting in certain rural areas or with certain populations. Some elderly folks are quite challenged when it comes to trying to access a smartphone or a computer to be able to log on. They get too confused with that. They're just not up and going with all the technology that we have today. Now I want to move on to Alaska-specific details and statistics. There is vital statistics that are reported through the Division of Public Health, and the last report was 2016. They do this report every 10 years. According to the Alaska Statistics Report, one in five residents of Alaska are Native American. 
In 2015, Alaska Native life expectancy averaged 69.7 years. That really is the life expectancy of our overall American population back in the 1960s. Our life expectancy outside of Alaska, outside of Native Indian or Native Alaskans, uh, American white life expectancy on average is 77.7 years. So that's almost 10 years longer life expectancy being non-Native. The state of Alaska has a population approximately 742,000 in the whole state. 40% of Alaska residents live in the major city called Anchorage. There are over 200 villages in Alaska that can only be reached by boat or plane. Now I live in Homer, Alaska, which I'll talk about in detail in a little bit. Unfortunately, in Alaska, we top the charts with many vital statistics as far as healthcare disparities. According to the Healthy Alaskans report in 2020, we are the leading state in chlamydia infections. We have multiple preventable hospitalizations and our suicide death rate is very high. We top one of the highest states in the nation. We have multiple disparities as far as infrastructure and transportation issues. These have improved since 2004 with improved water and sewer, with the government supporting projects to help native villages and rural areas get access to clean water, drill wells, and put sewer systems in. But even with the government aid to help improve these things, our statistics still show that only 70% of native Alaskans seek full prenatal care. Alaska has the highest domestic violence rate and alcoholism rate across our nation. Because there are so many villages that can only be accessed by boat or air, this leads to a lack of supplies, groceries and fuel are very expensive, and it is very difficult for native villagers to get to access healthcare if they need to see a specialist. They actually have to take a flight or a boat and have a lot of case management and coordination to get them to see the specialist that they need to. There are many native village clinics that are run by mid-level providers and have a traveling physician that come in maybe every other week or once a month. They do have dentists and other specialists that go to these native villages to help provide access to health care. But if you have a significant health issue and need to see a specialist, those is where the challenge comes in. Needing to coordinate care, how to get to Anchorage or Fairbanks for the big hospitals and access to all the specialty needs that are required. Now pediatrics as well is quite challenging. 
If there is a child that has a specific heart condition or kidney issue, all of those resources are in the big city. Nothing is available in small village towns. Groceries are delivered on an infrequent basis, so having access to fresh fruits and vegetables, most of the time by the time they make it to the village market, they're already half rotten. And the milk prices, a gallon of milk is $9 a gallon, but the price of soda pop is $4 a gallon. There's health disparities in access to fresh produce and healthy things to eat and drink because of the cost and access, limited access, infrequent access, leads to poorer health choices, poorer nutrition choices, therefore increasing the rates of obesity and heart disease in the village setting. Alcohol use is very high in some of the villages. There are some villages that are considered dry villages, meaning that no alcohol is allowed to be sold or brought into the villages. Cigarette smoking and tobacco is very expensive, so for the natives that can afford it, they will purchase real cigarettes. Other natives will use a product called Ikmik, which is combined tobacco from alder trees. It's mixing potash and chewing tobacco, which is much more potent than actual real tobacco that you purchase. Most natives that live in these rural villages now have gotten subsidies from the government, meaning that they get paid to live there essentially to offset their grocery and living costs. Because they are getting paid, this has really decreased Native Americans, Alaskans, from hunting and fishing as much as they used to, as much as their ancestors did. Now they can go to the store and afford that $9 a gallon milk, afford a box of Cheetos or a bag of Doritos. It's a lot easier with government subsidies helping you purchase these non-healthy foods. Therefore, your lack of motivation to go out and hunt and gather is a lot less. Many native Alaskans have moved out of the villages and have moved into the big city such as Anchorage. So there is a larger population of native Alaskans living in the big city now. Moving on to the Kenai Peninsula, meaning Homer where I live, it's quite different. In 2020, the census for the Kenai Peninsula was 58,799. That went up from 2010, which was 55,000. We have a total of 16,000 square miles of land, and the rest is water, making up another 10,000 square miles on the Kenai Peninsula. Homer, Alaska is four and a half hours south of Anchorage on the road system. So living in Homer, we have access to a critical access hospital, but any major healthcare facility is located in Anchorage, which is 200 miles away. 
Homer proper. Our census as of 2020 was 5,522 people. That increased just by 500 or so people from 2010. But this last year, through COVID and the end of the pandemic, our property values and people moving to Homer has grown exponentially. So I'm very curious when they do the census again, what our population will be. We have many surrounding cities outside of Homer. I actually live in Fritz Creek, Alaska, which is about 15 miles northeast of Homer. There are other cities about 20 miles away. And when you take the whole service area, our population is about 25,000 during the winter. Our population literally triples during the summer because we are well known for our halibut fishing and our natural beauty. We are a top tourist destination for many people. There's hiking and fishing and kayaking and camping and motorhoming and glacier skiing and all sorts of stuff. So we have people visit us from all around the world. It's more expensive to live in Homer. We're outside of Anchorage. We are on the road system, but property values here are quite expensive. So our native Alaskan population is not as high as other places in Alaska. 89% are white who live in Homer and 4.1% are Native Americans or Alaska Natives. We might not have as many Alaska Natives who live in Homer, but we do, on the other hand, have a very large population of Russian Orthodox people who live here. There are several unincorporated communities specifically for the Russian Orthodox population. Now that you know all those statistics and information about Alaska and where I live, I'm going to specifically talk to you about challenges in healthcare for where I work. We have many of the same challenges that other rural communities across our nation have. Transportation and travel distance is a huge deal for some people. Our fuel prices are very high. Time that is needed for travel to get from one place to the other requires people to take a lot of time off from work, schedule things on days off, having to coordinate several medical visits all at once because you're going to the big city to make the most of your time. Most medical offices do not have care coordination or case managers to help patients navigate the health system here and it's very challenging for primary care to help patients and our nursing staff to try to help them coordinate their care to make the most of their travel time staying in a hotel or booking airfare to get to the places that they need. We have several clinic options within our community, but our population has grown so much over the last few years that even with having 30, 40 doctors and 
mid-level providers, most patients have a hard time being able to establish care and get in with a provider and then being able to have access to the provider on an urgent basis. Our population is aging. The median age in Homer is 44, but there are some people that have lived here for a very long time that homesteaded here. So we have an elderly population that is quite sick, complex healthcare needs, which is difficult to find a provider that will manage all that. In Homer, we do not have a bus system. There are a couple transportation companies that will take you from Homer to Anchorage, but they're quite expensive. We do have taxi service, but again, most people can't afford taxis. A large population is on Medicaid, and Medicaid will pay for so many taxi vouchers and help with transportation up to Anchorage if a patient needs that, but that is limited as well. Power, fuel, and electricity are very expensive here. Our groceries are very high. Our gasoline costs are 50 cents to a dollar higher than average of the lower 48. Therefore, our fuel cost to put fuel in our cars runs about $4 per gallon. Many people run their home on propane or use propane for heat. Propane is about $4.50 to $5 per gallon here. Our electricity in Homer is absurd. Our price that we pay is about $28.50 per kilowatt hour. That is 101% higher than the national average of $14 per kilowatt hour. Because things are flown or shipped in, and then we're on the road system, they have to be trucked down to Homer, our groceries are very expensive. I know when I go to the grocery store, <laughs> I can buy four little plastic bags of groceries and it'll cost me about $100. And I didn't buy any meat. Several years ago, South Peninsula Hospital, which is the critical access hospital in Homer, has collaborated with other organizations on the Kenai Peninsula to do a community needs assessment to try to address some of our healthcare needs and poll people of what they felt was needed in our community. As a result of this community needs assessment, several things were brought to light. Many people feel that there's not enough providers in Homer. Many people have mistrust or dislike of certain providers. There are cultural barriers and people want providers to understand cultural differences. They want highly skilled providers to be accessible here without having to go to the big city. And they want better access to health insurance. Now I'm going to talk about my barriers and my challenges as a healthcare provider here. Like I said, we have a very little Native Alaska population here and having to take into account their risk factors. We do have a fair amount of Russian Orthodox population here that takes very special consideration for healthcare.
Their beliefs are number one. They do not believe in immunizations and they fast quite a bit throughout the year around religious holidays. So as far as talking about health and nutrition, you have to take into consideration their fasting schedule. Russian Orthodox population lives in native villages at least 25 to 30 miles away, so they don't seek routine health care very often. When you do get them to come in, they have a laundry list of things that they want to talk about. Maybe they haven't had health care in a very long time, so therefore some things that maybe they've been sick for a long time or have really some complex medical issues that you have to take advantage and try to order all the things, get all the tests that you can while they're there because they may not come back for a long time. Cost of some tests, cost of some medication is quite challenging for folks here. Getting certain medications shipped here, sometimes you have to wait for the shipment to come in so a patient will go to the pharmacy, they have to order the medication, it's going to be several days before it comes, or it's on back order, or we had a snowstorm and they couldn't get it here. Therefore, you're in a position to think outside the box, think what else could I order that maybe they'd have on the shelf calling your pharmacist and saying, okay, if you don't have this medication, what do you have? What's within the price range? What can we give this person that's covered under Medicaid? What is available? What can we do to help our folks because of so many barriers of living here, cost, access, transportation, it's quite complex. Because we have a lack of specialists, it puts the primary care provider, myself, in a position to treat disease processes that maybe you otherwise wouldn't consider treating. We don't have access to a rheumatologist. The rheumatologist is in Anchorage four and a half hours away with a six to eight month wait list. We have one GI specialist with a six month wait list. Our behavioral health system has almost a year wait list to get in to see our one psychiatrist that is here. If anybody needed addiction medicine or detox, it's virtually impossible to get somebody in an acute setting for a detox. Therefore, you're put in a position to consider home detoxing, sending them to the ER. And that brings me to the complexity of obesity. As far as I know, I am the only provider on the Kenai Peninsula, 200 miles from Anchorage, that is specially certified in obesity management. That means that patients are being treated by their primary care provider the best that they can, but not having specialty care. Because obesity medicine is so complex, it really does require a specialist. And by getting the word out, I have lots of patients. My wait time is long, and I'm happy because people are seeking a specialist to take care of them. But it is sad that other people don't have access and people who live here in Homer or close to me are, 
are lucky. They have access. So I try to accommodate as many patients as I can. I try to provide community education and this podcast, also promoting my program through social media, and I am available for any provider to consult with. All right, recapping healthcare in Homer, the Alaska life. Would I change a thing and move anywhere else to do healthcare? Absolutely not. I love the challenge. I I actually like getting very complex patients and having to kind of push my comfort envelope, learning, consulting, reaching out to a specialist and asking for advice. I think that only makes me a better, more well-rounded provider instead of specifically pigeonholing myself into a narrow window of little things that I know. I think living here and working here has made me a very good provider. And I think by providing obesity management care has only helped my workplace and my patients and the community. And I am so happy that I am here to be able to provide this this expertise to the community. So that's what it's like living here. And if you ever want to come to Homer, I know you're going to fall in love with it. As soon as you come over the hill and you see the beautiful mountains and all the glaciers and the gorgeous ocean, you're going to say, no wonder she lives there. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this podcast and more to come.